1991, an NCAA Division III All-American led his team as one of the leading defenders in the nation's third division. Losing in the championship, he was later recognized as the school's all-time leader in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. After an impressive stint with Franklin and Marshall College, he'd later join the Sheffield Forgers as a player, a team he would later coach himself. Today, on the trade deadline, we'll be discussing Chris Finch. Welcome everyone in to the trade deadline where we're going to be rewinding back through a little bit of Chris Finch's coaching history. We're going to focus the bulk of our time though, uh, looking at his time in the NBA and in the D League. So starting things off, we're going to go back to 1997 where he would coach the Sheffield Sharks to several titles and actually became the BBL coach of the year. He would later coach for a time in Germany where he had quite a horrible record of 4-13. and um, only after that, moving to Belgium, where he actually led the Euphony Brie to their first and only Belgian Basketball League championship in 2005. Afterwards, he moved to that team's rival, and he lost in the finals by a single point. In 2009, Chris Finch returned to the States and became the head coach of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. And a year previous, in 2008, the Vipers posted a 21-29 record with a winning percentage of 42%. In 2009, a year later, when Chris Finch took over the team himself, this had changed to 34-16 with a winning percentage of 68% for second place in the league. And this introduces us to the Chris Finch that we mostly know. A man that ESPN's Kevin Arnovitz says he has an edge, both to his personality and his conviction, that an offensive basketball team needs to be constantly pressuring the defense. There's some Mike D'Antoni in him, an undying belief that conventional wisdom should be challenged and new ideas pursued at all costs. So back to Rio Grande. Where were these changes made that gave Chris Finch the upper hand from that previous year before he had taken over the team? First, I think we need to go over a little bit about Chris Finch's offensive mindset. Number one, he has a high preference for analytics. You will always find Finch's teams shooting higher three-point attempts than most teams. Number two, while this shouldn't be a necessary constant, his defenses have seemed to stay level or even downgrade while his offenses would upgrade. Number three, he stresses pushing the ball at all times. He prefers positionless basketball, allowing his centers to bring the ball up if need be. And this was not only done with Jokic, but also Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. He typically takes teams and increases their overall pace. Number four, he stresses passing. He wants the opposing defense to work at all times and thinks passing will create exhaustion in his opponents and open looks for his own team. Knowing this, let's jump into the stats for Chris Finch. When he took over, Rio Grande Valley's three-point attempts increased from 17.2 attempts per game to 23.6, jumping from eighth in the league to second. Assists per game went from 21.1 per game to 24.4, increasing from 7th in the league to 1st. 
Chris Finch increased their offensive rating from 11th all the way to 1st in a matter of one year, all while only increasing their defense from 12th to 10th, something that will be unanimous with Chris Finch's teams. And as a surprising turn of events, for the first time that I've seen, the pace actually lessened when he took over from second place in the league to seventh. But more important than any of the stats that we've listed is the increase in effective field goal percentage, which just adjusts for the fact that three pointers are worth more than two pointers and adjusts for that extra point that you would get. This increase that he had in effective field goal percentage took the team from a putrid 15th in the league out of a total of 16 teams to a league best first place. After this, he was called up as an assistant coach for the Houston Rockets after Daryl Morey became infatuated with his offensive mindset. It was a requirement when they were hiring for their head coach in 2011 that they would accept Finch on the team as an assistant. At the time, they saw Finch as a potential future head coach. Within two years of being with the Rockets, Chris Finch with Coach McHale took the Rockets from being ranked 11th place in pace to the league's leader in terms of pace. However, this also aligns with the same year Harden was brought over, so take that for what you will. In terms of offense, in Houston, Chris Finch said he wants them to always be on the attack. He said that, I want us to look and feel like a herd of horses coming down the floor every single time. I want us to really, first and foremost, put the defense under pressure every way possible, and I want to see us share the ball. We want to run and keep the tempo high, but to do that, we have to value the right shots, and we have to do it unselfishly. After his stint with Houston, he exited as D'Antoni came in and moved to the Denver Nuggets. In Denver, Chris Finch and Mike Malone brought the Nuggets from a 17th-rated offensive team to a 4th-ranked offensive team in a matter of one year, and Pace, naturally, excelled from 17th to 6th. However, the defense fell from 25th to 29th, something that is all too common in a Chris Finch-aided team. Chris Finch was quoted as saying the following regarding his defensive mindset, that, quote, We need a total dedication to keeping the ball out of the paint helping each other and making a wall of defenders anytime the ball gets near the paint, and then challenging from there out. Seeing this play out though in gameplay, you do see a lot of scrambling when the ball is passed around the perimeter, and it makes you wonder if a healthy zone defense could benefit Chris Finch's quick offense. Just imagine a simple 2-3 that runs as a 2-1, a 2-2, and then 2-3 finally as players end up returning back on defense. This, I believe, would ease some of the fears with Chris Finch's style of basketball. In 2017, he was hired by the New Orleans Pelicans and increased similarly their offensive rating from 26th to 12th in just one year. While the defense yet again fell from 9th to 14th, their pace, as typical of a Chris Finch offense, improved from 8th to 1st in the league. Chris Finch is known to work with what he has. In New Orleans, he found ways to continue pace production with two big men. In Denver, he helped Jokic become the point center he now acts as. And with Houston, he may have been what allowed D'Antoni's offensive scheme to fit so easily once he left. Chris Finch prefers to have as much freedom on offense for players as possible, saying of his offensive style that, quote, it's a bit of a process. 
It takes a while to unfold, but having said that, one of the things we love about our offense is that it allows players to gravitate to what they do best within our structure, so they tend to look good as a result of it. My fears with Chris Finch are his defensive woes. While he speaks highly of defensive rubric for his teams, it never seems to play itself out. That said, he's never really had his own defensive coordinator under his command. In other words, my fears for Finch are the fears I'd have for D'Antoni, a coach who can fight so hard for achievements and pace and activity so fervently that he may not consider whether or not in four years it will result in winning basketball. But the fans typically ask for more threes, speed, and passing. And those things, Chris Finch will bring you like the best of them. The question is, at what cost? That'll do it for this episode. Join us in the next one. Again, I wish you all the best and until next time.